and Brit. Fred and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. Great to have you along today. We're live in the 1.30 to 2.30 Eastern hour for uh, folks who join us on uh, live type platforms like uh, the Facebook. It's still yeah. called the Facebook, isn't it? The Facebook from the meta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I once met a man. All right. Topics today. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame outrage, as always. always. That's a, boy, you talk about an annual. Wow. It's a good one. Um, sunshine is the be- excuse me worst disinfectant in the <laughs> Sunshine State. In the Sunshine State. I see what you mm-hmm. said there. A white men can't jump. But, Tucker, how do white men fight? That's a good <clears> one. Um, and how far would you go to defend... Clarence the Indefensible. Ooh. There's not a lot of them, but they're all top shelf. Top shelf. No, no, no. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's quality, not quantity. Um, Do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because we always have a good time with this one. They announced the 2023 class. So I get a call at 10 minutes after 9 this morning from John the Catholic. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was John Winter. No, no, no. From Jan the Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> Jan the Catholic. <laughs> and uh, Jan the Catholic broke the news to me that uh, George Michael had made it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As you know, Britt, my wife is uh, obsessed with George Michael these days. Yeah. She moved on from Freddie Mercury and Glenn Campbell and George Harrison. They're still there. There was a Bee Gees wasn't there BGs? BGs? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bobby Darren. But now it's right now it's George Michael. And so we voted between the two of us. We must have voted, you know, 500 times on that, uh, that survey that the rock and roll hall of fame did, you know, put in your favorite vote and we'll probably ignore it. And, uh, the proof that they actually ignored the outcome of the vote wasn't that George Michael did come out at the very top and he did get in, but in second place in the voting by the fans was Warren Zevon. Oh, wow. Did not make it. Couldn't cut it. Well, Couldn't cut it, I guess. And maybe he needs to die again. He does. And then gonna, feel <laughs> they're going to res- the second coming of Warren, then he's going to die again, hopefully a less painful way this time. Right, right. So he only died once. That's, that's just not, uh, that's just not good enough. And, so uh, go through the uh, go through the whole class here. Here we go, uh, Missy Elliott, the first uh, female hip hop artist to go into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Boy, that's hard to believe. In her first year of eligibility, and uh, Britt, you know what I think? I think we just best not discuss that. I don't. <laughs> I just well, don't think there's a win in that for us. Apparently, somebody's a little more unhappy than the other person on the show that this is happening. Missy Misdemeanor Elliott from Portsmouth, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Willie Nelson, Cheryl Crow, George Michael, Kate Bush, Rage Against the Machine, Mm -hmm. The Spinners. And then in the... um, they won't be at the 
the event to accept. They just get in. Uh, Shaka Khan, mm-hmm. Al Cooper, yeah, Bernie Bernie Taupin, who uh, wrote most of yeah. uh, Elton John's tunes. Uh, DJ Cool Herc, H-E-R-C. I know you're a big fan of his. A He's- founding father of hip-hop music. Kind of, sort of, maybe a little invented hip-hop. Like, really one of the first guys to put speakers up and start scratching and stuff like that. Great. <laughs> that is... Okay. Not a fan. You're gonna, you're, I'm a, I admit we're we're about fan. to criticize Tucker Carlson for his white guy comments, and here you are being the whitest guy ever. So, if if I'm not a fan of hip-hop, does that make me a racist? No, but at yes least acknowledge... Yes, at least that's acknowledge. what you were just saying. You were just saying that. Not a fan of hip-hop. Well, yeah, you can be not a fan, but you can also respect the fact that it's it's been a huge cultural influence over the past 40, 45 years. But, okay. but, but I'm not a fan. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. You know, I know soccer's the biggest uh, uh, sport in the world. Not much of a fan. So what? <laughs> you understand the way it works. But you understand there's a lot of skill, and it's a huge thing, and it's also... The I respect it. I can't was- play soccer. I was always bad at soccer. Okay. It's not why I'm not a fan. I'm not bitter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds like it. I could never play, but I, I, it's great. That's right. Who else is that? We had, was, there were some others, weren't they? Were there a couple of like uh, Don Cornelius, Don Cornelius, the Soul Train guy. Now come on, I I just posit to you, just and I know it's all about who didn't get in this that. That's a pretty good class to be this far into this thing. I'm not saying it's like one of the great classes from you know 25 years ago, but. It, that's a pretty good class for 2023. That's that's got a good mm. range of stuff in it. There's there's something for everybody to love there. I mean, you can debate who deserves this person doesn't. And that, that, I think that's pretty good. That's not that's a pretty solid class. I think. Here are the nominees who you could have voted on the last few months who didn't make it: Iron Maiden, Cindy Lauper. Okay. A Tribe Called Quest, The White Stripes, Warren Zevon, as mentioned, Joy Division, New Order, and Sound Garden. Now, okay. that all being said, we get to the perennial list of uh, why the fuck have these people been passed over seemingly forever. And uh, I'll, start, I'll start with Peter Frampton. Okay, fair enough. And so here's what it gets down to, Britt, and I'm sorry. Missy Elliott gets in her first year of eligibility, and Peter Frampton, who is into his sixth or seventh decade of being Peter Frampton, mm-hmm. is not in. So do I, don't, I don't know what the argument is there. Do you have except, a theory? Yes, I guess the Supreme Court's going to be ruling on that for uh, uh, admission to college here soon. So, do you have a theory that, that applies to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Do you, do you have what a theory as to why Miss Missy Misdemeanor and DJ Cool Herc would get in and Peter Frampton wouldn't? I don't know. I'm, I, you know, I, I've always been pounding the table for the guess who. Yeah, the guess who should be in. The only name uh, that I heard you say right there where I go. Eh, is the white stripes i oh, well, i don't, so that, I don't that, that was at least at least they were on the list i don't i don't see the the to, joy to division new, 
the Joy Division New Order thing uh, that should that should be twenty years ago. And again, not a huge fan. I I don't know a lot of their music. I don't have the posters, but for that type of electronic music, as uh, they were as influential for a generation. They were a big deal for a long time. Well, the only thing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has to do now to uh, diversify even more is to start putting in classical music artists. Go all the way. (laughs) Just go all the way. I I still think... Go all the way. There there are Brit, there are strings on more hits than... You know, there are, everybody uses strings. So why not start putting in the Cleveland Orchestra? Well, well I mean, are, you, <laughs> you know, are you really going to say that Willie Nelson doesn't belong in? Are you going to are I you going to say, say that? that. I well, never said that because Willie Nelson has been a songwriter extraordinaire, not just for himself and you know, hit the charts in so many different ways and has been on, an influence on so many people not just in, in rock, but of course in, in country. So yeah. uh, your attempt to put that into my mouth, I reject. Well, you started going with classical music and you could go, well, a classical artist would belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about as much yes. as Willie Nelson. I mean, you could say that. No. Somebody could make that argument. If they were an asshole. No, they could, you just made a completely illogical jump. But okay. No, it's, it's hard to name a Willie Nelson rock and roll record. Name a rock and roll song of Willie Nelson's. You can't, really. Well, I would have to go back to the charts. But uh, you were always on my mind. Yeah. It was Well, wh- 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 did that was a- song not chart pretty damn high? On, I don't it even know. It did very well. So that's it. So, so did To All the Girls I've Loved Before. Would you call that necessarily a rock and roll song? It, made it, it was a hit on the pop charts, for sure. I'm just saying that... You look at how much is John Winter sending you every week to I, to justify this crap? This is the other. This is the other thing that, that you. This is for those of you that make fun of us wrestling fans. Us. There's a there's there, there's a WWE Hall of Fame, and oh. we all know it's. We're all aware that it's bullshit. We're all aware it's one guy. You got to get past one guy. Everybody knows mm. it. All of us know it, and we maybe we still bitch about it a little bit, but at least we as wrestling fans know. Oh, it's not going to be because this person, he's got a problem with this person. That's why this person isn't going to get in. And that's why it takes this person, Randy Savage, a, a long time and post-death to get in the WWE Hall of Fame because there's a rumor that Randy Savage and Stephanie McMahon may have back when Stephanie McMahon was not necessarily of legal age. I think you may have hit it right there, which is that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is as arbitrary of course it is. And political and uh, predictably annoying as the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame, which is not high praise for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Which gets us to, you know, which of the hall of, halls of fame in sport, whatever, are actually legitimate halls of fame. There's not a perfect one. The the Table Tennis Hall of Fame. <laughs> it, it's now, always here. A couple. Let me throw a few names out there. Also, okay. Three Dog Night. Okay. Why yeah. is Three? Do- three I, I mean, they had, they had a run of of hits, not just for themselves, but have been covered. Yeah. That was was unmatched in the nineteen seventies. And I would even go for Grand Funk Railroad too. I was going to say, yeah, that if, yeah. if those, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with either of those, considering. Yeah, so here, here's what it looks like, Britt. That now that 
you know, it's it's 50 plus years to get back to the 70s. If uh, you didn't get picked up at the train station at some point along the way, you're dead. Well, you know, are they are they going to put Three Dog Night in in twenty years when all these guys are are, are, are dead, dead and really most of the fans are, are dead? They're not well, going to do it. That's my that's yeah. my Kenny Stabler argument. Immediately yeah. after he's die, he dies, he goes in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's my Kenneth Michael Stabler argument. No, I yeah. but I, and and it is it is up to the whims of this guy, and that makes it somewhat bullshit. But that doesn't mean that every now and again, in between the cracks of his judgment, you don't get. I mean, you did get a pretty good representation of folks, even this late in the game. I think. And yeah, it sucks that there are certain people that were left out. I, I disagree. Warren Zevon's uh, an easy one to me. Warren Zevon to me is like uh, that. That's one that's a no brainer. That's you. You don't find this class to be a, a good, your problem so, with this. So class. what? So what? So what do you think prevents Warren Zevon from getting in? That's the question. Well, that's what we really want to know. I I think again. I don't. I. I it's a lot of it's got to do with Jan Winter's ego and pushing certain people. And wait a minute, it's the wrestling uh, issue. Maybe Warren Zevon was <clears throat> with Jan Winter's wife or so, or or his boyfriend, whatever at the time. Who knows. <laughs> Eventually, They're Randy Savage. Again. Again, eventually, Randy Savage did get in, but he didn't. Not not while he was alive, which he should have. While he was alive, he should have been able to enjoy that. Uh, the, my favorite is the my favorite Jan Winter story is that Jim D. Regattas one, and I think we talked about that one where Jim D. Regattas, who does the uh, Sound Opinion show, which is on a lot of public radio stations on the weekend, very popular. Um, Jim D. Regattas was working. Uh, for Rolling Stone magazine, and he reviews Fairweather Johnson, the second offering from Hootie and the Blowfish, and he gives it a pretty sarcastic review. <laughs> At which point, Jan Winter goes, "Nah, no, we're not running that. We're not gonna, that. No." And then when he's contacted, uh, Jim D. Regattas by the Village Voice, they go, "He says, well, I don't want to call it. I don't really want to comment on it.'" And they go, "Well, what do you think? What do you think that that?" John Winter has does he is he just a huge Hootie and the Blowfish fan? Is he just a big Hootie and the Blowfish fan? Is that why he killed your panning review? And Regattas D Regattas goes, I think he's a fan of anybody who sells nine and a half million records. <laughs> and then Jim D Regattas was fired. <laughs> That's the Jan Winter. But, but, but let but let, let's take that at its at, at at face value, which is that yeah, if you. If you're popular and you sell a lot of shit, you're you're in, right? Well, there's your Peter so, Frampton argument right there. Right? Peter Frampton yeah. and Three Dog Night, and guess who? All these people. So I got an idea. I will get in contact with Park Pewterball. Yeah, when yeah, we yeah. Get done, and yeah. we'll get him on next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is the authority, and he did work uh, for Rolling Stone for a long time. Yeah, and uh, he knows more than you and I will ever forget. About Wasn't the subject. It, didn't we talk to him like one time and he was like, Well, Jan Winter didn't like the fact that he he that that um Park gave Duran Duran a good review. Which is weird because Duran Duran, I was there, I was in the I was in the prime demographic when that band was in its heyday. I didn't like them, but damn if they didn't sell a lot of records. I know, but they it, sold some shit. It, in, in the end, it just sounded sounds like that uh, Rolling Stone became the Trump Organization, which is oh. everything runs through one guy. Look at look at Tully's and, and, com look, look at Tully's comment. Yeah. He's saying that uh, 
Apparently, Park was on the Bob and Tom show this morning. Well, that'll take a couple of weeks to get over that. Maybe sometime in June we can get up with him after he detoxes from the Bob and Tom show. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll be able to talk with him. It's a good comment. No, the, 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 and I'll just say this about Peter Frampton, and I'm not objecting at all. He did change the business. He changed the business of, of music. When that album sold all, there were people that were involved in music, not for the better, who had nothing to do with music who were like, shit, they were like oil companies that had to buy record labels because they saw all the money that was now available uh, in this, in this thing over here. When that, when that Frampton Comes Alive album came out, it got crazy. It got well, and, and not, and, and, but just his skill as a guitarist. It's great in and of itself. And it's speaking great. of that, I would also throw out the name Joe Walsh. Yes, he's in as a member of what the Eagles. Yeah, uh, but I think he should be in as a a, a solo guy too. Sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? So, all right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll call Park and if he. Uh, if the uh, Bob and Tom embargo is lifted and we're allowed to talk to him, we'll be able to get him on next and week. Congratulations, <laughs> Bob and Tom, on all of your years of success. We're happy for you. All right. <laughs> Again, a win for you is a win for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Sunshine is the worst disinfectant of all in the Sunshine State. White men can't jump, but Tucker, how do they fight? And how far would you go to defend Clarence, the indefensible? Let's do uh, Tucker Carlson uh, and how do white men fight, which has been more or less the quote-unquote bombshell of the past 24 to 36 hours. Yeah. Uh, You want to read his text message or you want me to read it? You read it. And before I read it, if you haven't heard it all the way through or you've just heard descriptions of it or little lines out of it this really goes into the uh category of oh so this was the one thing that was so bad yeah yeah. from tucker all the other shit that he's done over the past few years yeah not only was not fireable but you look the other way and it's only because this particular a uh, bit of prose was uh, being revealed uh, the day before a trial that was to have taken place in the defamation suit by Dominion. That this was uh, something out of the ordinary. So this is under the this is under the uh, headline or heading of not surprising and not even shocking because it's Tucker Carlson. Here we go, uh, and I guess this was right after. Uh, January 6th occurred. He sent uh-huh. this out. He says, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him hard or kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. He really, really is. As much as I despise what he says and does, 
as much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about these things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? Some some real soul searching there from Tucker Carlson. Who was he? Right. Do we know who he was chatting with when he was making this stupidity? Hmm. I think this is a producer on the show. Yeah, somebody else on the staff. Yeah, this was sent to one of his producers. Uh, so everybody's pulling out the line about him saying uh, this is not how white people fight mm-hmm. as the only thing out of that and. Of course, uh, we know how white people really fight. We use guns. Yeah, yeah. What, what is the point? What yeah, we the kill, fuck is that? We go into a place where there are a lot of innocent people and we just start shooting. Yeah, that's how yeah. white people fight, Tucker. But uh, I actually have someone willing to defend Tucker Carlson in can. all seriousness on this. Are you ready to go? This is a uh, guy named Charlie Kirk. Oh, yeah. Charlie Kirk is he's one of those guys. He's at that right below the level of uh, breaking through maybe as the next huge Fox News racist. Right. I mean, he's right there. If you've ever heard Uh, of uh, if you ever heard of I call I call him uh, great value Ben Shapiro. Yeah. For instance, every time there's a a CPAC conference or something, you know, he's there. He he's talking and and he's out there so uh here we go uh check him out this was from uh, earlier today wednesday charlie kirk with the explanation and joe's upset msnbc is upset you're not allowed to even say the w word you can't say the white world and in fact msnbc says it's kind of this statement that white people are better than this that white people would never do such a thing. That's not what he said. No, no. At all. In fact, if you want to actually get to the truth that Tucker was saying here is that no. there is a disturbing, this is a fact. No one wants to say this. There is a disturbing pattern mm-hmm. of blacks jumping people of all races in oh, the yeah. urban corridors in America. That That's is a true. fact. Yeah. I don't like it. You shouldn't like it. It's horrifying. Yeah. But it's a pattern that we are seeing. When they're not shooting each other, right? Oh, well, yeah. Text yeah, message sure. basically piggybacking on that fact. By the way, you know who the blacks are jumping? The blacks. Anybody the else? Blacks. Asians in the streets. There are thousands of videos of blacks ganging up on their victims. Thousands. It's not racist to say that. It's not racist to see pattern recognition and say, wow, we usually don't see this. It's not to say that one race is better than the other. I know Tucker Carlson, unlike these mockingbird media apparatchiks, he does not have a racist element of an entire being. In fact, he deplores racism. He hates racism. He argues against the black-only dormitory, the wokeism. Does he? That the, the, the trend that has swept our entire nation. Yes. This is an urban trend that is undeniable. And yes, undeniable. I know this entire clip is going to get cut up, and I hope it does. Yeah, me too. Because if you look at the urban trend that is happening in Chicago or Philadelphia, groups of black teenagers are jumping yeah. individuals. Are they? Yeah, that's enough of that. 
I saw that, that in Blackboard Jungle in 1954. How is Charlie Kirk not on the expert witness list for Fox for the trial? I mean, that's such a great, yeah, that's such a full-throated defense. How do you not have yeah, him they, on the stand? They could have brought him on as a character witness <laughs> for Tucker Carlson. See, now, I, I don't mean to overparse this, but it was three-on-one. Mm. And so did Tucker mean that it was the ratio that was the issue? In other words, if two-on-one, if two – guys jump another guy the two guys are black and the, wherever and the two or more of you are jumping in his name brad <laughs> so uh, here, here's here's what i would like uh these these are this is what i would like to say because i i'm not going i don't think there's any way you can look at this and not find it to be awful foul and racist uh and part of what his the things he was saying on the air this is right in line with the stuff he was saying on the air if someone else in entertainment in show business in whatever industry if they have a rare moment where they make a racist statement or the n-word blurts out you can go let me look at the rest of their career let me look at the rest of their public statements and 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 compare it to this one instance right this one instance of the person saying something that was awful and then you can weigh those. This is absolutely 100% in line with what Tucker was saying. And you're correct. The, the, the Fox News executives who had this revealed to them grabbed their pearls and said, odd my bodkins. Uh, and, and they said, we got to get rid of him. So here's, here's what happened. If you wanted to then make a settlement because, oh, my God, this is going to get out to the public and it's going to be in record in, in, in legal terms forever, we have to go ahead and write the check. That's a huge fail. And then if you said, oh, my God, we have to fire this guy because he's making racist. This is terrible. Also a fail. There's no win in this whatsoever. Right. The people had they gone through, had they said the night before, after they heard or read this, right. said, well, you know, it's no worse than all the other crap. Full speed ahead. Right. And so they go into the trial and and, and this comes out. No one is going to be shocked by it. And again, you know, this is written. This, this isn't a, a video or audio of him actually saying that. And we know in the world in which we live, if it's only the written word, it does not have yeah. the potency of uh, video or, or audio. And so that is kind of a thin reason yeah. to bail and pay the, the reason to bail and pay was months ago to get out from any of this ever getting out. So they'd already blown that by pretending they were going to never give in and never settle. So the, the plaintiff side starts releasing all this deposition material. And for some reason, Rupert Murdoch himself, and you know, it's, it's a decision by him. Yeah. Um, that he thought that this was I, 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 maybe he he figured that yeah th this is bad but really it's no worse than anything else but it's going to go in the record and we're going to lose the case so we may as well cut our losses and pay what was it seven hundred eighty seven million and a half and a half and, and, a half, uh, and then not get 
the uh, same jury after they walk out of the room and they have to walk back in and then decide punitive damages uh, that could be uh, billions more than that. And this was just a case of him cutting his losses, don't you think? Yeah, but also, again, giant fail. <laughs> well, I mean, giant, well you it's mentioned. better to lose $787 million than $4 billion. That's true, uh, but also the they, they need some of that to pay off Smartmatic and Hatsu. <laughs> you got to save your money, you know. And right now, Apple is paying about four and a half percent interest on money you give to to Apple for their new uh, uh, savings thing. So that's a good good thing. Put put a couple billion in there, and you know you make a hundred million over the next two years in interest if they keep paying that. Around. You know, there's a lot of ways to win this. No risk, no risk, Rupert. Get to it. Get to it. This also gets back to the argument we would have for a number of years while Rush Limbaugh was alive. It was like, does he really believe the shit that he's saying? Does he really believe the stuff that he's saying on the air? And it's very clear here that Tucker Carlson was not only espousing horrible racist shit, he also really believed it. It was a feature, but not a bug. When you get in behind the scenes, this is how he really thinks. So it's 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 a hundred percent awful. It's a hundred. There's and there's no defense. Uh, with with all all due respect to my colleague Charlie Kirk, who made I thought a bang up argument. I thought he, I thought the N words are jumping white folks and Asians all over the place. Argument was chef's kiss. Really great stuff. Uh, there's 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 no there's no defending this. There's no this is ugly, awful, terrible stuff. But it's not again very different from the shit that he was saying on the air. Knowing what we know about the business, which is or would have been worse, Tucker Carlson saying what he said, spinning what he's spun over the last few years, lying the way he has over the past few years, and not believing it, just putting on an act that he's not really this way, or he really is this way, which is worse. I don't think there's I, – I, I find a, a distinction without a difference probably. Uh, but he, he's all in. I mean, he's all in on the white supremacist stuff, the white nationalist stuff, the uh, uh, white exceptionalism, I guess you might call it. He's all in on that. Yeah. There is a body of thought that we're finding out about this particular text, this particular screed uh, – and I remember somebody, I don't know who said it today, that this is a really, really long text message. People usually don't send that long of a text message to people, and the grammar is correct. There, There's no, he was zipping through it. Uh, I don't think that holds any water, because you know what I do? When I want to send a really long text, I type it out in another format and paste it into the yeah, you know, into the texting thing, so I don't have to sit there with my phone. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll have a regular keyboard or stuff. So yeah. I, uh, I, I believe that was just a, just a text. But the body of thought that this has just come out in order to keep dirtying Tucker Carlson up, so that even the worst of the worst out there, whether it's uh, One America or Right Wing News or Newsmax that they just think it's too hot to handle, that they don't want to touch him because they will be reduced to the... They've already got shitty advertisers on those networks anyway. And if you put a Nazi on there, 
and you allow him to essentially program your entire network, you're going to get zero advertising. And it's not as if these channels are ever getting the kind of money from Comcast or Charter or Cox Cable to carry their networks anyway, which is how Fox and CNN is how they make their money primarily more than through advertising. So they would have the worst of both worlds. Uh, So where would the payoff be to put Tucker Carlson on your air just because he can draw a big crowd? I mean, I know it's the Christians and the Lions and we can uh, we can fill up the stadium for it. But so what? We can't charge admission and we can't really get any money from the networks. So do you think one year from now, and we don't know the provisions of his contract. We have no idea. Uh, But is he down in uh, Megyn Kelly, Bill O'Reilly territory, essentially irrelevant, but still able to get coverage by mediaite places you know that right you know right now if uh you know if if, if howard stern farts yeah. you know right. it, it's a story right. but it's not really a story it doesn't go any farther than that no. and it has no traction no uh will he ever approach anything close to what he has had in terms of influence and yeah, reach that, yeah. the past five years i think that's i don't think easy, so that's an easy no yeah he's not gonna. yeah yeah, and, and and they talk about, but again, whoever they put in that eight o'clock spot, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be probably worse, <laughs> and it's probably gonna be pretty big. Well, but they they will never acknowledge it publicly, but they're walking on eggshells here. Oh, they should be. They're 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 walking on eggshells, and they know it, and everything that's being said right now could be evidence used in the next series of lawsuits it's not over for them so they cannot have someone come on and essentially spout the same kind of garbage racist sexist misogynist horrendous yeah anti-semitic pro-russian crap all of the tuck you can't do that they can't do that. They yeah, they know. Well, that's, yeah, they've got to tell whoever takes over Gutfeld or whoever takes over that spot. Uh, let's cool it with the replacement theory shit. If we could just right. kind of tone that do down that. just a little, that'd be great. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, and how do you think that Hannity survives it all? How do you think he's the cockroach that's still there after all? He, as much as uh, we really detest him, and we do, he knows how to dial it down sometimes just a tiny bit. <laughs> Just it's a fair. tiny bit it's and, completely and get away with it. What you're saying is completely fair. In terms of being an obsequious punk-ass bitch, he's able to kiss exactly the right amount of ass and know exactly when to back off to protect the paycheck. No, that's that's completely and totally fair, and it's demonstrably true over a period of 20-plus years now on that channel. Mm. Uh, all right, let's... Let's answer this question. How far would you go to defend Clarence the indefensible? I hope this is another Charlie Kirk clip because I, I can't wait to hear. No, this is by, and I hope, uh, I hope we can get this to, to, to run here. Uh, it's from Michael Mukasey, right. who was 
attorney general for a couple of years during the George W. Bush administration. He had been a federal judge before that, a uh, quote unquote, highly respected by both sides, kind of play it by the book, fair guy, uh, to the point where Chuck Schumer was one of his sponsors when it came time for George W. Bush to uh, look for a federal judge for that particular position at the time. Okay. So, and, and through the years, if you've ever seen him, he has always brought on and he, he, you will see him on all three cables. Okay. He's that guy. He's considered to be a a fairly straight shooter. So on Tuesday, they had hearings that will go nowhere and will have no impact on how the judiciary is corrupted and what can we do to restore respect to the Supreme Court and why the fuck isn't John Roberts here to uh, talk about this? Yeah. And one of the people is Michael Ukasey. And of course, they they bring up uh, Clarence Thomas's bit of corruption here. And uh, the questioner is the senator from Georgia, John Ossoff. Let's see if we can uh, get this and listen to what Michael Mukasey says on this hypothetical. Enormously valuable that was then obliterated because it was said that that created the appearance of conflict. And uh, Judge Mukasey, I'm, I'm not uh, in any way questioning or even seeking to interrogate your personal conduct. What I'm, what I'm asking you is that as a judge, is it fair to say that you most likely would have declined an offer of foreign travel worth hundreds of thousands of dollars because quite reasonably you would have had the concern that public disclosure of such travel could have undermined public confidence in the impartiality of your judgment. Simply because it amounted to, I mean, if somebody took me, I mean, if, if I were a district judge and somebody wanted to fly me on his private plane um, on a vacation with his family, and I were friendly with that person. Would I have refused and endangered the friendship? I'm not sure that I would have. Well, uh, I think the American public sees that kind of conduct and quite reasonably asks the question whether it's appropriate. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have turned it down. You're saying you would have done exactly what Clarence Thomas did? No. Hmm. Gravy train. Let me run on that. Let me get that gravy train running here. Yeah. Uh, if I were friendly with that person, would I have refused and endangered the friendship? I'm not sure that I would have refused that. Because <laughs> let's think about this. Let's think about your friendship with this person. Your friendship with this person who's really rich is so deep that if you said to them, by the way, Harlan, just picking a name, I am a federal judge, and we're good buddies, but I can't accept a free gift like that. You understand that. Well, fuck um, you. We're not friends anymore. That's it. Exactly. We're done. What, what good friendship couldn't survive? <laughs> so this is Mukasey, and I think it was a brilliant Brilliant uh, uh, questioning by John Ossoff because he he did it without saying Clarence Thomas's name, but he he brought up the whole issue in the in that way, and he gave Mukasey a chance to say the right thing, which is 
I would not. I would not have uh, accepted, and I did not accept gifts when I was a judge or attorney general from people who uh, might have wanted to influence me. But uh, as for what Justice Thomas did, well, that would be a a case for, you know, there's a way to foul that off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but not to say something so lame as to, well, you just can't say no. When someone offers you a bribe, which is what that is, If your friendship is not based on friendship and it's only transactional, yeah, you don't want to endanger that quote-unquote friendship, do you? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a good one, though. They just won't turn on him. They just can't bring themselves. I think that was the that was the hearing where Lindsey Graham was once again. Oh. He's just horrible. Just a horrible piece of garbage. No, that would be any of the hearings Lindsey Graham has participated in in the last 25 years, Britt. Could you be more specific or else our friendship is over? Our friendship is over. I got to say, in the non-Benghazi category, one of his shittier performances. Really? That hearing last week was really. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Last one. It's about sunshine in the sunshine state. Yes. Doesn't that cliche drive you crazy? Well, sunshine is the best disinfectant. You know, I believe it was Justice Brandeis who said that in 1912. He's dead. I wish I was dead. Yeah. Uh, On Tuesday in Florida, the Duma, which is what you would call the legislature down there, it's not an American legislature. It's the Duma. Duma. Right? Isn't that that the the Russian parliament? Is that what they call? Yeah. They approved a bill, and I'm going to read this without stumbling. It would shield the travel records of Governor Ron DeSantis and other state leaders from public disclosure. In other words, no sunshine, no nothing. Full darkness. Ain't no sunshine when it's on. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And it passed. I know you're surprised at this. It was a party-line vote which was 84 to 31. Now, wait a second. Now, Florida is, it's a red state these days. It's, it's, it's definitely more, but it ain't 84 to 31. No, no. Okay. But if you gerrymander it correctly, I guess that's what you get in your house of representatives in Florida. That's worse than us. That's worse than North Carolina. Yeah. By damn sight. Yeah. That's, that's way out there. It's already cleared the Florida Senate. It would exempt the travel history of DeSantis and his family and the lieutenant governor and cabinet members and the president of the Senate and the House Speaker and the state Supreme Court's chief justice from public records laws. They all right now happen to be Republicans. It's a coincidence, Britt. They could have all been Democrats and the same rules would have been asked for they're worried about people finding out where government officials have traveled for their own safety because your safety is endangered if i find out that last week you went to california yeah i could easily travel back in time go to encino and beat your ass I see it. Yeah. I get some of me and me and some of my friends could jump you. Now, what would those characteristics of the people who I'm jumping you, what would they have? 
<laughs> They'd all have good suntans. <laughs> really good suntans. <laughs> oh, my. So DeSantis has just been in Israel. He's been in Japan. He's been in South Korea. And he's been in the uh, UK. And uh, apparently, Brit, this was the most spectacular uh, series of appearances around the world since the Beatles traveled the world <laughs> in 1964. You know, th- the crowds were just overwhelming. They were beating down the doors. Foreign leaders yeah. were enthralled. They were they were crying. They were fainting. Bigger than Jesus, I heard. Yeah. So Donald Trump continues to just wipe the floor with this guy. And it know. gives me no pleasure to to uh to say those words, but Ron DeSantis just well, th- this is really an example, at least so far, of man, it it's really easy to be a great hitter in triple A, but when they call you up to the majors, <laughs> shit, the pitching is a lot faster. The curveballs curve more. They just snap. It's 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 they, yeah. Yeah. 